In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. You guys, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good. Uh, Now, this was just going to be a Real Housewives of Orange County recap of last week's episode uh, where they go to Montana. It still is. Now, if you're watching this in video format, we're going to split this into two videos. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, you just have to do nothing. You just get to just sit there and listen or you go about your day. Um, So I... I, I, you know, listen, we had big news happen today. Uh, it is July 3rd right now. Uh, today, when you're listening, it'll be July 4th. So happy birthday, America, if you're into that kind of thing. But um, I, first off, I want to thank, I want to thank Kyle and Mauricio for doing this. Once I reached dry land, I would have hated to have been on a cruise ship in Alaska without a Wi-Fi signal and not able to talk about this. Um, so, I mean, basically, Mauricio Omansky and Kyle Richards, after 27 years of marriage, have uh, have separated. And we're going to go through every every little piece of this before we get to the OC recap. Uh, so we'll try to pull in everything, all the statements, the timeline. Now, it's just very interesting because if you listen to Monday's show with Sophie, I did a solo pop culture roundup before that. I don't know if you've seen that on YouTube. It should be up soon, where I kind of... Uh, expanded some of the thoughts that me and Sophie were joking about in terms of their relationship. Now we've all heard rumblings about Mauricio and Kyle's relationship for so long, but it was one of those things that when you hear something so much and nothing really happens, you kind of just like, well, it's, you know, so, but by the way, I do want to point out, we heard so many rumors about Sandoval and Ariana's relationship as well. Of course, I'm going to compare this to Scandoval, even though it's not in that realm at all, but just in terms of breakups, in terms of rumors, we'd heard rumors all the time about uh, Sandoval and Ariana having issues and breaking up and they never turned out to be true. So when it did turn out to be true, somebody like me, I initially didn't believe it. But I think that the thing with Mauricio and Kyle was that, you know, you heard these things all the time. I had always heard alleged infidelities about Mauricio, like we talked about. Uh, I am not the first person or the three billionth person to have brought that up. Uh, Somebody was sending me Reddit threads earlier today uh, that this has been talked about for years and years and years. Um, We don't know specifically what the reasons are still for the split. So we'll just go with the information that we have, the information that's presented. Uh, And also I did talk about the, you know, being in the public eye with the reality series, you know, Kyle, you got to feel for them. I don't get also, I I don't prescribe to the notion that a lot of people have like, well, they're rich, who cares? Like, no, but I mean, feelings are feelings. Love is love that, you know, you can be the richest person in the world and your heart can break just as much as the poorest person in the world. You just have, 
you know, a hundred dollar bills to wipe your tears with. Um, so it, it, this is a very, it's a very sad thing. And I really, I really am shocked about it. I said on Monday's episode that I do think that there was definitely an issue, but I was kind of also of the mind that we might not ever hear exactly what was going on. They might not ever do anything about it because they've been in such a long-term, by the way, just like we're really hopping into it today. There's no like, hi, how are you? We're talking about divorce folks. We're talking about separation, but when somebody has been together that long and they have such a big, strong family, um, I was shocked that they made the separation announcement. Now, remember, separation is just that. It's a separation. It is, you know, usually will lead to divorce, but you never know. You never know how feelings change. Also, when you build a family, when you build a life together, um, things things have a uh, things have a habit of potentially, I don't know, it could work out. The optimist in me, and I'm barely an optimist, but I would would hope that at some point. Uh, they would consider it. And I feel like that's what they've been doing uh, for this long period of time that I think that they have been having issues. Um, let, let's just start with the uh, the official statement that came out today. People magazine was the first to report in a uh, uh, article written by Joel Goldstein and, and our friend Dave Quinn, who Dave Quinn wrote that amazing housewives book that collected all the interviews. He's been on the pod a couple of times. I think Dave is just a class act dude. Um, so he's back doing people magazine articles. He's just always great. So I'm always excited to see his name in these credits, but it was a headline that dropped today at 4:42 PM Eastern standard time, uh, 1:42 for me. And I know that because I, I had made the decision to actually go out and work out and do a hike. And that's a tough decision for me. So I was like, I got out there and all of a sudden this dropped and I was like, wait, does this mean I shouldn't work out? And I, I still did it, but I was just on my phone hiking and huffing, just trying to get air and not have a heart attack at the same time. Uh, the headline reads Kyle Richards and Mauricio Umansky have separated in quotes after 27 years of marriage exclusive. Now, some people I want to say, were saying that like, oh, well, you know, do we have any confirmation from Mauricio or Kyle yet? Now, as of 10, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we just got confirmation from both of them. They did a um, they both posted on their Instagram at the same time. I'll read that statement in a bit. But people were saying, well, it's not official yet until we hear it from them. Now, if people does an exclusive, just you know, so you guys know, if they put exclusive in it and if it's an outlet like people, that is confirmed for all intents and purposes. You will see that time and time again. Now, there are certain outlets um, like Perez Hilton, no offense to Perez, or, you know, Dumois, who, you know, she'll even say these are blind items. We, you know, like this is not verified sometimes. Those sometimes will not turn out to be true. But when it's people and it says exclusive, you can actually say, okay, that is that is confirmed for all intents and purposes. Kyle Richards and Mauricio Omansky have separated after 27 years of marriage. People confirm a source close to the pair tells people, by the way, you know, that source is Kathy. Cause he's like, Oh, hey, I thought you were Kyle. I, thought, I didn't realize I was talking to people magazine. Kyle. Oh my gosh. I couldn't tell it was you people. Uh, close, uh, source close to the pair tells people Kyle and Mauricio have been separated for a while now, but are still living under the same roof. They remain amicable as they figure out what's next for them and their family. 
Uh, Richards, 54, first met Umansky, 53. Oh, I didn't realize she was the older woman. At a nightclub in 1994 at the time. By the way, the nightclub was a place called Bar One, which is now a club called Bootsy Bellows in Los Angeles for all you club kids out there. Uh, at the time, Richards was divorced from her first hub husband. And I'm going to mangle this name, even though he was just on an episode last season. Uh, Guresh Aljafar. Theory, with whom she had the daughter Farah Brittany, who, of course, you know, Farah is 34 years old. We've seen Farah many times on the show. After getting engaged later that year, the couple tied the knot in January 1996. I love that I'm so old when I hear 1996. I'm like, that's recent. And then it's like, wait a sec, no. It's 2023 right now. Uh, they went on to welcome three daughters, Alexia, 27, Sophia, 23, and uh, Portia, 15. Oh, Portia. We've watched Portia grow up. On Beverly Hills. I, I hope all of those girls are doing well, uh, especially Portia. Now, Alexia and Sophia, I believe, are both part of the cast of Mauricio's Netflix show, which I believe is called Buying Beverly Hills, about the powerhouse of the agency. The article continues, in 2010, their family was officially introduced to the public when The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiered on Bravo, wow, 13 years ago. As Richards became a mainstay on the reality show for the last 12 seasons, the pair frequently insisted to fans that they were seeing their real relationship play out on this show. Now, I think a lot of fans, sorry, I'm just going to comment on some of this stuff in the article. I think a lot of fans have always thought that uh, Kyle did not share a lot of her life, even though Kyle would always argue about that. Um, and I, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, like Kyle is on a lot of the seasons of the show, is that I always felt like there was more to share. And of course, like I said, on Monday show, she was so protective of the relationship. And of course, the infighting between Kathy and Kim, her sisters, but also the Mauricio, there were so many rumors and it was just always just batted away, you know, with the, you know, are we going to talk about the husband that was directed towards Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin? We only got like little comments here and there about Mauricio and Mauricio is such a charming individual. You know, he just made everyone feel uh, at home and comfortable. He could be in the same room uh, talking to uh, Erica Jane and then, you know, hanging out with PK the next hanging like this guy gets along with everybody, which I'm sure is what makes him such a great uh, or a powerful real estate agent. Um, she said, we're the same with or without cameras. We're just super real and we know each other and we're real. She told people in March of 2013, we don't have any secrets to hide. That's one thing we talked about the skeletons in the closet and we can handle our worst skeletons. Now that was 2013. Also, I keep thinking about how money potentially changes any relationship and building the business of the agency on top of Kyle being the star of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for all intents and purposes, that has to take a toll on anybody. And when you are making now hundreds of millions of dollars, I think the agency is, isn't their valuation. It's something insane. Like a, I think over a hundred million dollars right now. I mean, I think probably more, it just, just insane juggernaut all of a sudden in the last five years, the agency has become, uh, Umansky also stood by Richard's side as the drama involving her family played out on screen, but the drama was regarding her sisters. Uh, quote, I have always just been 100% supportive of her no matter what she does, the real estate broker told E! News in November 2022. If she wants to reconcile with Kathy, I'm all down for it. If she's not ready to reconcile and then she needs just to keep it going for a little bit, I support her a thousand percent. 
While marking their 25th wedding anniversary in January of 2021, Richards and Umansky appeared to be happier than ever. Quote, it means so much, and it's something that we're both incredibly proud of, Richards told Bravo Insider that year. And for me, it's one of my biggest accomplishments. I mean, I think it's refreshing in this town. To be married 25 years is a really big deal. And we're really proud to be good role models to our daughters. And Umansky added, yeah, I mean, this means a lot. You know, to be quite honest, it feels easy and it doesn't feel like it's been that long. So it's been great and beautiful. And, you know, I definitely intend to spend the rest of my life with her. So hopefully I'll be it'll be at least another 25 years and maybe another 50 or just maybe two. <laughs> the divorce news comes not long after Mauricio shut down the rumors that his that his relationship was on the rocks after his wife was photographed without her wedding ring. Quote, we're not getting a divorce, Umansky insisted on an early April episode of um, Freddie. Freddie? Is that Freddie Mellencamp? Oh, okay, I don't know. Uh, oh, Tamara. Tamara from OC. They have a podcast, two T's in a... Okay. I mean, if it's so dumb, quote, that one stupid story that came out there and then the girls all, you know, decided to talk about it on The Housewives and so now it's a storyline. Umansky also told the host that viewers will see him and Richards address the rumors directly in this upcoming season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So they are going to talk about it. We probably are not going to get the peek behind the curtain that leads to this, but they are going to address certain things. Now, no return date has been set for season 13 of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which just wrapped filming. They also point out seasons 1 through 12 can be streamed in full on Peacock. So that was the People Magazine story that broke all of this news. So, where did your mind go when you heard this? So like I like I said, it's been on my mind, you know, the last couple of days as I was like catching up on things and I did an episode a couple of weeks ago where I talked about hearing rumblings, but I still am so shocked. Now, I'm not really going to talk a lot about Morgan Wade, who is Kyle's uh, country music friend that her friend over the last year plus. Um, you know, we might do some light timeline thing, but obviously like I said on Monday's episode, I, you know, if Kyle is going through something like this, it's not abnormal to get really close to somebody new in your life. And that ne doesn't necessarily mean a romantic relationship. You know, I mean, you can be close to somebody, guy or girl, uh, same sex or not, and it just be a friendship that you need at that time to give you strength. I mean, that's kind of what friendships do, right? Um, so there has been no confirmation or anything like that. In fact, uh, let's read Mauricio and Kyle's statement, which kind of addresses this a, a little bit. And I, by the way, I thought I keep carrying, uh, talking about this in terms of Scandaval, but I was thinking about Tom Sandoval's, you know, 3000 apologies he put up on Instagram. We were like, dude, I'm sorry to my business partner, especially Schwartz, dude. And then he forgot that he like, he, he forgot Ariana. And then he was like, of course, Ariana, that's what this whole second apology is going to be out, dude. But Kyle and Mauricio must have hit enter at the same time. I think they are together at their Aspen house, which we'll talk about in a second as well. But their joint statement says, in regards to the news that came out about us today, dot, 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 ellipses, that dot, 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 ellipses is the scary, like, uh, I overuse exclamation points in my voice and on any kind of text, but the ellipses, dot, 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 when you see that on a text, it literally makes my butt puckered. Does it scare you like it scares me? My mom would always do that. She would always be like, hope you're having a good weekend, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, what's dot, dot, dot? You know, it's like, it means there's a continuing thought there. And it always came off as so ominous to me to the point where after years of her doing this, I had to ask her, please, please stop 
doing the ellipses. And she was like, it's just, it just happened. I'm like, how did that ever become a habit? But anyways, the ellipses is here about us today, dot, dot, dot. Any claims regarding us divorcing are untrue. Okay. So they say the divorce are untrue. However, yes, we have had a rough year. The most challenging one of our marriage, but we both love and respect each other tremendously. There has been no wrongdoing on anyone's part. Although we are in the public eye, we ask to be able to work through our issues privately. While it may be entertaining to speculate, please do not create false stories to fit a further salacious narrative. Thank you for the love and support, Kyle and Mauricio. Wow, Kyle got to put her name first. Damn. Oh, and then Mauricio, he let Kyle put his first name too. Well, anyways, good for Kyle. She got top billing there. Um, and of course, the false narrative, I think they're referring to a bunch of false narratives that could, I mean, who knows if they're false narratives, but we have the Mauricio rumors about the cheating. We have whatever is going on with Kyle. Um, but I, like I said, I, once again, if you are going through something, like I'm divorced. And now I was just trying to personalize this for myself uh, to try to understand it uh, from a, you know, a little bit of a different angle. You know, it's like, so, I mean, to be honest, right? Like when you hear stuff like this and you're a fan of a show and you're like, and this show is about all of these women's lives, something this big happens in the woman's lives and the cameras are down because they wrapped filming for the last season of Beverly Hills over like a month ago. The season finale was at the uh, SoFi Stadium and Eric had, Erica Jane, I'm giving a performance, my comeback, baby. That was the season finale. And so when this stuff happens after the season, it's kind of smart in a sense because you almost feel like, well, let's wait at, they're going to wait after the season so they don't have to show the real pain of this 27 year old relationship. All of this stuff happening. They don't want to share. And that's why I also want to point out how real this stuff is. Cause I was already getting comments on Instagram of like, this is all fake again. You know, the same shit we were dealing with a scandal where it's like, guys, at some point we have to admit that life is real. Now, just because cameras turn on somebody and they become a little wealthy or famous or whatever you want to call it, like just because that it doesn't mean everything in their life from that point on is fake. Like, guys, this is real. Like, and just even going through something like that myself, um, and I'm so poor, uh, is that you know, when we separated, I remember there you know, separation, like we did try to work on it. We did, we did. I mean, there was, there was, there were so many emotions happening and there was so that, that kind of, you know, like, yeah, we didn't want to rush into a divorce. And so there was this separation period where we went to couples counseling and things like that. And, and then after a long period of time, you know, it just was not going to work, which is just heartbreaking. It still is heartbreaking. So my, the, the non dark humor comedy person that I, I, consider myself to be sometimes, you know, I find this very sad. I don't find, I don't find tons of humor in it because I've been in a situation like that. I've, I've, uh, so I can only imagine how hard this is for them. And some of the thoughts going through my mind in terms of that are like, okay, well, are they kind of telling themselves that this is just a separation, even though they both know that it's probably done, but they're like, okay. And that's the other thing is that, you know, people yesterday when we were posting about this, uh, people were like, well, wait, Mauricio and Kyle were spotted at their Aspen house together. So how could they possibly be having an issue? It's like, guys, after 27 years, after having a full family and being 
a lot of people aren't like this. So, you know, they're, they're so livid. They can't be around each other anymore, but you know, they are mature. They've had all these children. They have like this kind of empire that they built, but you know, like really they, you know, Mauricio, like it was pointed out many times started from scratch, you know, like built himself up with this, with Kyle's help. And they've gone through so much together. So uh, of course, like, you know, some people are able to like be around each other and be friends and have deep love and respect, even if there are things wrong in the romantic aspect of their relationship, or maybe certain bonds were broken. Maybe certain lies were told. We can only guess and probably more stuff will come out. Like I said yesterday, man, I don't like Lisa Rinna at all. Uh, but man, that, that Lisa, Lisa Rinna would have not gotten to the bottom of it, but she would have been yelling this whole seat like something's going on. <laughs> Mauricio, something's happening. This could be multiple things. And they want to keep that aspect of it private. And they do have kids. But this, you know, even in that statement, you're like, oh, this is very, very real. So, of course, I think our rush to judgment as a Bravo audience and pop culture lovers is Oh, this is for ratings, right? Oh my God, Scandal. Look how that was, look at what that was, a, a juggernaut. This is another juggernaut. Now, I don't think, I could be crazy. I think Beverly Hills will get insane ratings this season, obviously. But I don't think it's the, it's this, I don't think it's, I don't think it's easy to compare it to Scandal because Scandal involved another cast member directly. Now, if it comes out, Mauricio and Dorit actually had something going. Okay, yeah, bigger than Scandal. But I don't think it's that. I think this is a long-term relationship. I think maybe certain vows were broken. And I think, um, I don't know. I can speculate a lot of things. I mean, my my thoughts are like, oh, maybe Mauricio did. I don't know. There's always these rumors where they in an open relationship. Somebody was trying to send me these Reddit threads that they've been in an open relationship for a long time. And I don't know anything about that. So it's hard to just like flat out say, this is it. But I do know from a source, and I did know this before I was posting my memes yesterday, joking around about this stuff because I like got off that cruise ship and I was like, oh, great. I come back to this kind of this Mauricio and Kyle stuff happening. And potentially there's this other new special friend of Kyle's out there. I did have it from a source that will remain nameless that they had been sleeping in separate beds for a while. So they were under the same roof, but sleeping in separate beds. And uh, that is from somebody that I trust. So I did know that, and I would have never told you guys that yesterday. I would have never told, but I don't like sit there and just kind of make memes and like, hee hee, let's see if that's true. Uh, there are some people that like to do that. I don't love to do it. So if you, if I do something that might seem a little like shady, just know that I probably have a little bit of information on it. Um, but I can't flat out say what it exactly is. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they're in Aspen together. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, Dumois posted a video. Somebody took a video of Kyle and Mauricio out at lunch today. I think Mauricio is wearing just a horrendous, hor like just a big old purple cowboy. It looked like a purple cowboy hat. I was like, are you going with the orange County girls to Montana, Mauricio? It looked like it was such a big hat that he was like, obviously like hiding. It was just like, you could barely see the guy's face. It was like, yeah, man, maybe uh, wear a bigger hat and this will all go away. But they were out to lunch. You're like, I, I don't, I, I think that is kind of a mature thing that they are. You cannot have three kids with somebody and be in a 27 year relationship and not have, it might not be a romantic love at, at times, but there's gotta be some sort of respect there. There's gotta be some, and they, I don't know. We'll probably find out more about all of this stuff. But uh, 
So that was their statement. That was people's statement. Now, um, what do we want to talk about here in terms of some stuff? Now, I guess our minds go to, will they pick up cameras again? Now, Evolution Media produces both Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, it is public knowledge now that when Scandaball broke, Ariana was the one that reached out to production and said, hey, this is what's going on. And within a day, they had cameras up to capture all the insane magic. Um, and, and Evolution Media, they didn't have the Vanderpump Rules like cameramen ready to go because they had already closed out the season. So Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was shooting at the time. So they loaned the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, some of their camera crew, and they captured Scandaball. Now, will the same thing happen where Vanderpump Rules, because they're shooting season 11 right now, will loan their camera crew out to Beverly Hills? I don't think that we will get cameras up because I don't believe this is involving any other people, but I wouldn't be shocked if we get some cell phone camera footage of like Erica Jane of like, I'm prepping for my show and I just got this news. Oh, well, I've been through it, girl. Let's go get a drink. And like, you know, like I said, I was speculating this on Monday of like Sutton and like some fashion show in Perry of like, I'll say, I'll say, I'll go get on a private jet immediately and comfort my dear friend Kyle Richards at Sutton Concept Store Melrose. You know, you might have little camera phone footage, uh, stuff like that. But if they were to pick up full camera crew, I think it would be. I don't just, I don't see that happening. I don't foresee that happening, but if it does, it could involve Kathy as well. It could involve Kim. We know both. We know Kim makes appearances this season on Beverly Hills and they, for as much as they fight at the end of the day, they are very, uh, a very tight family in certain ways. I don't think Mauricio would let the kids be a part of this. I don't think Mauricio. Also, who knows what Mauricio's contract is in terms of his Netflix show that he couldn't just pick up. I just don't see that happening. I was trying to think of the actual serious conversations that Mauricio and Kyle have had on camera on any season of Beverly Hills about their relationship. They've had serious conversations about Kathy and about Kim, about these things, but about their own relationship and fighting. They've had these little things, but let me know if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong, but just let me know. I was trying to think about that. So I just don't know the reality of that because the reality of Scandaval, you were going to see this dynamic action of Ariana and Tom fighting with each other, Raquel, what's, what the hell's going on? All the cast reaction of something so devious happening under all of their noses. With this situation, we don't have that. So I don't foresee that happening. And if it did, I don't foresee it being dynamic at all. I would just kind of be sad. Now, of course, we're like, well, I don't care. I'll watch anything. But I just don't, I don't, I think, yeah, listen, they all also are a company that wants to make money. So they'll find some sort of way, but I think you'll get little You'll probably get like memes. Hopefully they'll use my meme. <laughs> they'll use like at face reality 16. I'll put all those Instagram stories together. Bravo historian, Samantha Bush has been talking about this for a minute. I was DMing with her today and um, you might tell the story that way, or they might just save it for the next season. They might save it for the next season. And of course we will have the reunion for Beverly Hills that won't be filming for a very long time. And Andy will be able to talk about all of this then. So that is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, but of course, let's talk about some stuff that, uh, that, 
some predictions, especially, are you guys into psychics like I'm into psychics? Well, it is a big day for psychics because Alison Dubois, if you don't remember her, she is the e-cigarette smoking, I like to say vaping psychic from one of the first seasons, if not the first season of, uh, of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, it, 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 and she turned out to be, I mean, it took, it took like 13 plus years, but she, you know, it turned out she was potentially correct. So let's all hear this audio from Allison Dubois. He will never emotionally fulfill you ever know that. Know that. Know that. No, this one. Oh, he will never emotionally fulfill you, but you will stay with him. And he will take care of you. And as soon as the kids are bigger, you'll have nothing in common. What are you talking about? Have you seen my husband? I mean, hello? Please. I don't know. Wow. I don't know about that. I don't think anybody deserves to hear that, but she pushed for it. Wow. So that was the iconic Alison Dubois with the iconic line of, he will never emotionally fulfill you. Know that. And uh, Alison Dubois came out today and uh, she 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 must have heard about this. And she uh, she writes in a tweet. I don't wish Kyle ill. I hope she finds what she's looking for. I guess I'm the only one who saw this coming. People kept telling me I was picking up on Camille's divorce, which was with Kelsey Grammer, not Kyle. In parentheses, she writes, OK, you armchair psychics can sit down now. Mic drop. Hashtag Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Hashtag medium. So Alison Dubois uh, taking her victory lap, calling it a mic drop. I think that is one of the weakest mic drops in history. I don't think that's much of a mic drop, but listen, I don't even know what, you know, good for her. Good for the, good for the psychic community. Um, Then somebody writes uh, to her. What did you mean when you said Kyle had to put the walls down for females coming into her life? And uh, Allison writes, she's emotionally guarded. She needed to show her real self for her sisters and to draw in real friends. Um, So that was a little comment. Take that for whatever you want to take that as. Uh, Will Kyle do a sit down interview with Andy before the season? Who knows? My, my, my hope, my wish, my prayer, if anybody out there is listening, I hope Mauricio's first sit-down interview is with Howie Mandel. Howie kills the first because Howie doesn't do any research. We saw it with the Tom Sandoval. You know how he'll be like, "What? What's going? Mauricio, who's this Kyle girl? Kyle, what? Okay, so you're married. Okay, we've all been there. We've all been married. Okay, what's going on, man? You know who's who's uh, who's Farah? Fair. Okay. Okay. You know, I I'm dying for another Howie Mandel ill, Ill prepared interview. So that is, is my wish. Now let's go through uh, some uh, highlights of Mauricio and Kyle's relationship. Uh, Cause they've had such a long successful relationship. Uh, Kyle always said that it was love at first sight in 1994. Um, they immediately started their family. Uh, remember also Kyle converted to Judaism. Uh, and I thought always that was fascinating, um, which will be very, very, uh, interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about the Jewish religion and separation and divorce. 
Uh, Umansky proposed with a rosebud-shaped ring box hidden in a bouquet of flowers. He even gave Farah an engagement ring with a heart and two hands holding it when he asked Kyle, because, you know, uh, her daughter from the other relationship. But So he gave Farah a ring as well. In 1996, that is when they tied the knot. Farah was seven years old at the time. Um, she was a flower girl in the wedding along with Richard's sisters, Kim's daughters, Whitney and Brooke. Sister Kathy Hilton's daughter, Nikki, was also a flower girl at this wedding, while her sister Paris, Paris Hilton, served as a junior bridesmaid, which I told you guys yesterday, I just finished Paris Hilton's memoir, which actually was was really great, but Kyle is in it a bunch. When Paris was sent off to those um, wilderness camps, which were just disgusting, she would uh, escape, and multiple times she would call uh, her aunt Kyle to like come save her. It, it was it's a really great read. Um, quote, I would not change one thing. It was just filled with fun and love. And it was just amazing. I wouldn't change one thing about that day. Kyle Richards said about the wedding, uh, Mauricio added, I wouldn't change anything. I mean, if we were going to do it today and have a vow renewal, I would do it a lot smaller. He says, um, then, uh, Alexis was born shortly after in June, 1996, just six months after the wedding, the couple would then go on to welcome Sophia in 2000 of January and Portia in March of 2008, um, and then, of course, the housewives came into their lives in 2010. Uh, they talk about uh, Alison Dubois, the medium that we just listened to the clip right there. In 2011, Umansky left his position at Hilton and Highland Real Estate Group. Rick Hilton, that's his company, Kathy's husband. We talked about this yesterday as well. He started his own real estate firm called The Agency with partners Billy Rose and Blair Chang. Uh, he says, I think the current real estate brokerage model is broken. Uh, he writes in the agency's website, what you have now is a bunch of mini companies all competing with one another under one brokerage roof. At the agency, we're creating a culture where agents collaborate in partnership and are proud of what their colleagues are doing rather than looking for ways to stab them in the back. In essence, we are a family who all struggle, celebrate, and have fun together, which kind of is a very cutting statement if you think about Rick Hilton and being a family all together. That's where he came from. After three years on television, Umansky assured fan, fans that the couple's relationship was as authentic as the reality TV cameras portrayed it to be. Um, in 2017, uh, Richards and Umansky appeared together on the cover of Locale Magazine's February 2017 issue. If you guys have that at home, that's a collector's uh, uh, item now. Uh, Richard shared an image of herself and Umansky hand in hand at their front door that was taken during the photo shoot on her Instagram feed. Uh, that same year, the couple, I don't know why that was part of their timeline. That same year, the couple's Encino, California home is burglarized with over 1 million in jewelry and handbags stolen from the home while their family vacation in Aspen, Colorado. And remember, there was always, I don't know if this is like confirmed, but it didn't Teddy's husband, Edwin, like that was the security company for the house. Was that ever confirmed? I don't. Anyways, prior to the burglary, burglary, E.T. Entertainment Tonight sat down with Richards, where she talked about her move to Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley, and how she fell in love with her new home. Um, blah, blah, blah. Home's great. Oh, my God. In 2020, uh, Richards revealed she did a risque photo shoot for her husband prior to joining Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, sharing the part the photo as part of the viral Women Supporting Women Instagram Challenge. I don't even remember this. Um, oh, they're showing the picture now. That's, that's pretty odd, actually. That's pretty odd, actually. <laughs> Anyways, January 2021, they talk about how proud they are of their relationship. We already talked about this. Uh, in 2022, Umansky and his daughters announced their new Netflix reality series, Buying Beverly Hills, uh, which is, you know, they're working on their second season right now. 
Richards made a cameo in a season one episode. And uh, everything appeared happy with their marriage, even though this timeline points out the couple were slammed with affair rumors that August when Richard's castmate Dorit Kemsley was accused of having an affair with Umansky. I, you know, uh, I always thought these were just silly rumors. And I think Dorit at some point actually commented on it saying it wasn't funny. Uh, who knows? I mean, I'm curious about PK's reaction. I mean, if anything, this will be covered in the show is the reactions, the real reactions of like PK and Dorit. And like, boop, 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 boop. I'm Dorit. I can't believe it, Kyle. Beep, boop, 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 boop. I love both of you. And like PK, I'm like, hey, mate, do you need to go for a drink in Hollywood? <laughs> Mauricio, let's do this. Anyways, in January 11th on Kyle's birthday, he wrote, happy birthday to my queen, the love of my life. You bring life, love, happiness to all of our lives and everyone around you. Thank you for all our years and all our future years. That was in January 11th. Where July? Okay. You get better and better. Love you. I couldn't do it without you. Um, but that love didn't last. Two months later, the couple found themselves shutting down rumors of trouble in their marriage. Richards told ET in March that she wasn't losing any sleep over internet rumblings over the status. The analyzing of everything is so we were just talking about that in the car. I'm seen out at the gym without a ring on or the rumors about weight loss. Richard says, I just, I can't keep up anymore. And I was just telling Dorit in the car right over that. I don't even care anymore. I used to get so upset about these things. I don't even care. I'm not losing any sleep over it. Uh, Umansky shared the same uh, sentiments. Uh, so like I said, that source told people that they had been separated for a while now. Who knows what a while means? And it'll be interesting, the public's reaction to this, how it will potentially change their feelings or will it help their separation or hurt their separation? I think sometimes with the outpouring of love and so many people have been heartbroken about these this news that it could potentially, you know, kind of make them realize what a potential good thing they have. But the heart is such a weird thing. You can't predict relationships at all. You can't you know, and, and, and when you potentially involve new people in that mix, it, it is love is just the craziest thing out there. There's no, it's not science. It's not math. There's no one size fits all. And that, that's like the scary part of love. Right now, this was actually kind of uh, funny. We saw this Kathy Hilton did a lot, like a two hour Instagram live um, the other day, which, you know, Kathy and her, her Instagram lives, this is uh footage audio from Bywig Hello Drama's Instagram account this moment. Uh, listen to this, you guys. Session. Uh, wait, wait, sorry. Just, just set it up a little bit. Kathy's live and Kyle's there and Kyle's new friend, Morgan Wade, the country singer is in this as well. Therapy session. Yeah. But, um, and we have a little secret, but. What's the secret? Ken. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, what is it saying? That, that's going to go over really well. A secret. Then we don't see what the secret is. Okay. So basically what you're not seeing is Kyle's reaction when Kathy says, oh, we've got a big secret to tell soon. And Kyle's face is like, zoinks. And looks back at Morgan and Morgan's kind of like, ha, ah. and then, you know, Kyle knows how the internet works. He's like, oh, that's going to go over real well. You know, we don't tell what the secret is. Everybody's going to be freaking out about that. And she's like, Kim, what's the secret? Calling out for her sister, Kim, trying to think fast. But obviously this is potentially one of, if not the secret that uh, Kathy is referring to. Kat, you can't tell Kathy any, and Kathy, 
I got to tell you, reading Paris Hilton's book, you know, I always thought of Paris as this one way. And it was a very, it was just, it, it presented Paris in this new, not a new light, because I thought about this with about a YouTube documentary where I'm like, man, Paris is way smarter than anybody gives has given her credit for until recently. And I think Kathy, a lot of the same ways. I think Kathy knows so much more. I, I think sometimes the bit, and I think sometimes she likes to needle people. And I think the kind of ditzy older lady thing she leans into. And I think she genuinely enjoys needling Kyle like that, but that's interesting. I, I, I don't, I don't, I really don't know what to think about this. Now, another uh, account here, was talking about the the Morgan Wade country thing. And I was looking at this. There's so many pictures of them together over the last year. This is one from January 25th. Mauricio had done that post on her birthday on January 11th. Now, uh, in April, Morgan sang at Kyle's event honoring her friend, uh, Laureen. Her friend, Laureen, uh, unfortunately passed away. And I know that uh, took a great toll on Ty Kyle. And Kyle wrote in this caption, last week I hosted a night of music in honor of my late best friend, Laureen Shea. It was an emotional night made easier being surrounded by Laureen's family, friends and loved ones, as well as mine. Having us all together made for a very special night while raising awareness and money to support those struggling with their mental health through... Um, through Nami Communicate. Thank you, Morgan Wade Music, for performing and making the night even more special by sharing your own personal stories. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health, there are resources. Um, but, you know, Morgan seems to be a big part of her life. But like I said, that's just a, I, I, it, just a, it could just be a friendship. And especially if they've been separated for a while, you are going to lean on somebody. And sometimes somebody new is somebody that you're going to lean on maybe a little more intensely than everybody that you've known for a very long time that, that, that has known your relationship for that long. You sometimes a new person that doesn't know your relationship from the very beginning of it can actually help and add more solace and healing and things like that. But of course, I'm sure more information will come out about all of this. But today, the big news is Kyle and Mauricio have separated. So what do you guys think? If you're watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comments. There will be tons, tons more stuff to come. Uh, I'll probably talk more about the Reddit threads I've been sent over, over the last day in regards to, I mean, people... People on Reddit, man, I, this Reddit, I get sent Reddit links. Sometimes I'm not actively on Reddit because it scares me. It's scary. I'm, these people, they, they're just, they're just amazing. But it's like, it, it you, you read some of this, you're like, holy shit. Anyways, I'll, I'll do that on another show. So, okay. That's it. You guys stay tuned for the real housewives of orange County recap, which we'll be doing just right here after the break. And if you're watching this on YouTube, like subscribe, tell all your friends, tell your family, tell your kids, tell your kid. This is the hot thing on YouTube right now. Okay. Bye guys. Okay, folks, welcome back to so bad. It's good. Now is time for our real housewives of orange County episode four recap. We are done with the, the, the tragedy of Mauricio and Kyle and their separation. And we are on to the, the sunny, the sunny shores of OC where they fight over movie credits and bony vaginas. Uh, very, very gripping. And I really actually, the, 
listen, there is drama, and but the drama is fighting over movie IMDb credits. That's the kind of low-level drama that I need right now because Scandal was so intense. The Mauricio Kyle thing, very intense and sad. Yeah, I'm actually kind of in the mood for lightness, for stupidity, and I'm sure these ladies think they're fighting for their lives, but it's kind of ridiculous, and I think it kind of works if you kind of pull back and think about all the other drama that's happened in Bravo this year, it's a nice, light, refreshing respite, if you will. I might completely change my mind on that by next episode. This episode aired last Wednesday, but I was out of town, so I'm recapping it right now for your hot little ears. I do want to I do want to point out one thing that I just saw on Twitter that cracked me up is that Brandy Glanville. Now, you know, you thought the Mauricio Kyle news was sad. Well, this is going to knock you off your coal mining asses because Brandy tweeted at 4.23 p.m. today, if you're in Vegas and you find my driver's license, can you please drop it in the mail? Brandy Lynn Glanville, I'm a donor. And then a lot of heart emojis and a prayer hand emoji. So please respect Brandy's privacy at this time as well, unless you have her driver's license and then, you know, give it back to her or, can you do that? Can you just drop licenses in the mail and they'll mail it back to you? Is that you don't have to put a stamp on it or anything? That's amazing. But also, if you do have a driver's license, I, um, I'll i give you 50 bucks for it. Like, so I hate to be that guy, but I'll pay 50 bucks because that Brandy Glanville license that she lost in Vegas would look so good. So good in my reality show museum that I've created in my head. Um, I was also I thought the biggest shock of the day was that she's an organ donor. Who would have seen that coming? Like, and also, I mean, I wouldn't want my liver either, but I I don't think I would want Brandy's liver. So she's got, there's a lot of other organs, right? I'm not even sure. The heart's an organ, you know? I mean, I don't know. So if anybody sees, if anybody, Vegas listeners, just look down at the ground all the time. I'm sure you do anyways. And if you see Brandy's thing, let us know. Let She's out. She's out there. That's a real, that's a real tweet. The, the man, Brandy, like I, I don't have kids, but I imagine, you know, I stay up night worrying about Brandy Glanville. That's what I imagine having a child is like. You just stay up and worry about them once they get to a certain age. I'm like that with Brandy Glanville. Okay, now back to Real Housewives of Orange County. This, The title of this episode, episode four, is called You Can't DB Serious. DB. And I watched the entire episode two times. I took notes on it, and I still, this is how thick I am. I was like, what, what does this title mean? You Can't DB. Like DB, there was an actor named DB Sweeney. Is it DB Sweeney? I was like, no, he's not in this episode. And then I realized IMDB is the international movie database that they're fighting about uh, Taylor Armstrong and Heather Dubrow in this episode. And that's, you can't DB serious. Like you can't be serious, but I am DB. You can't DB. Okay. Very funny. Now on Peacock, they're showing the never before seen episode, which adds a couple of minutes. That's what we're going to be recapping here. So listen, you're going to get a couple extra minutes of content. If you don't have Peacocks, we're going to talk about those scenes. I really love the never before seen uh, episodes. I want all the content. So I'm always, I love it. I love it. Now this is the description uh, that the cable company gives us. If we were just to like, Oh, what's this episode about? It says Tamara takes the women to a ranch in Montana. Uh, so that's, you know, that's cool. And then Gina makes a point to connect with Jen. 
Now that is Jen. She is the new cast member. Uh, she's a yogi and she uh, potentially cheated on her ex-husband with her new guy, Ryan, even though she says that nothing physical ever happened, which I, you know, I'm going to choose to believe her, even though like these, these two can't keep their hands off each other. This Ryan plays a game of, and I, like, he shares my name, you know, the Ryan's in orange County are just so, just so, so many, but this guy plays grab ass with her every scene they're in. It's like, my God, I always just think how uncomfortable everybody is filming the show. It's, I mean, it's not as intense as like Courtney uh, Kardashian and Travis Barker, where they're pretty much like, you know, finger blasting each other. Yeah. Each other during every scene, but it's getting there. He's all like, you know, spanking her ass. And it's always like, it's, you know, you think Tamara and Eddie can be uncomfortable watching, but this, this Ryan and Jen, this Ryan, he just, he, he just wants it all the time. And by it, I mean cuddles. No, I mean actual sex. Um, so we open up with uh, we open with sorry, we open with shots of um, we open up with shots of Orange County. A guy surfing. I love the little shots they give us to let us know where we're at. We're in Orange County, folks. <laughs> It's so stupid. I just love that they're like, we've got to establish that we're in Orange County every episode. So they always show like a surfer. They show like a beach, like the tide going in. And then uh, then they have this little like kind of rap song playing underneath it. And it's like, you know, you're rolling with the big mouse. You ain't got to worry. That's like, be respectful. Anyways, then we, we cut to Emily and her daughter, Annabelle, driving in a car. And Emily is talking to her and is like, listen, hey, just you you got to be respectful when if they ask you questions, you just answer. And Annabelle, her little daughter, is sitting in the car. We don't know who she's talking about. And Annabelle's like, my name is Mr. Bacon. Annabelle. <laughs> Annabelle might be my favorite character on Real Housewives of Orange County. Last year, it was Ryan. Remember Jen Armstrong, the doctor that was only one season? She had the cement foot. Or the cement leg. Remember that? She was like, I have cement in my leg. Something was wrong with like the circulation. And I was like, yeah, probably because you put cement in your leg. And I think cement was actually a treatment. Regardless, um, that Ryan, the Ryan, he just changed his name from Ryan to R-Y-N-E, Ryan. And I'm still just wondering what that's all about. We'll never truly know. Anyways, Annabelle's my new favorite character. And she is, you know, Emily, her mom is saying like, this is what you got to do. You got to take these things seriously. And she's like, my name is Mr. Bacon. My name is, my name is Mr. Bacon. In a talking head, <laughs> Emily says, Annabelle came out of the womb, a huge personality, you know, and she's interested in modeling. And I want to make sure she would take it seriously. And I feel like we're, we're finally there that she is going to take this seriously. So you guys, Emily is taking her to meet some big wig agencies in the big Los Angeles, in, in big old LA, which is just kind of amazing. And I'm so jealous when I grew up in Kansas, I dreamed of an opportunity like this. And so uh, we cut back to Annabelle. We see actually a bunch of modeling shots of Annabelle. And she's like, I think she seems like a really beautiful little girl. Um, anyways, Annabelle is taking it very seriously in the car ride and she's making funny faces and she's saying, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. And I was like, I love Batman. So I was like, holy shit, Annabelle's amazing. Now we find ourselves uh, at LA Model Management and we meet Jake, who's an agent, and we meet Jackie, 
the other agent, which now I like Jack and Jake and Jackie. I need an, an LA modeling agent spinoff with Jake and Jackie. They sit down in this table, you guys. And there's like this, like they're looking at Annabelle's like modeling shots. And there's, if you notice, like there's a box of candy. And I was like, wow. When I, when I've had agents in the past, there's been no free food at all. It's just anyways, uh, they're asking Annabelle the tough questions like, what makes you want to be a model? And she's like, well, I, you know, I did a lot of plays and like, I like acting and I want to try it out. And Jackie, the agent says, hey, you know, part of it is the parents, right? Part of it is the parents. And Emily, that's a, you know, direct question. Emily and Emma's like, hey, listen, I do have time to commit to this for Annabelle. Because, sorry, my Apple Watch. That's right. I have an Apple Watch. Um because, you know, Annabelle can't drive herself to these auditions if she gets auditions. So Emily says, I do have time. And we do know that Shane now, he's a full-time lawyer, I think, unless he's lying to us. And Emily, of course, is working, you know, she was working on that justice program, um, which was amazing. But Emily is gets to be a full-time mom. And she brings up memories of her own childhood. She says this all brings up memories of that. And she didn't know that moms should get up and make breakfast in the morning. She didn't know that was a normal thing because of her upbringing. And we see shots of Emily as a child. And I shit you not, you guys, one of these shots is just a young Emily holding up a shoe. It did, uh, Literally, I don't even think it was her shoe. It's just like holding up a big old shoe, like, Hey, I'm little Emily and here's my big old shoe. Like the, the mom must not have given Emily toys and just must've like, here's a shoe play with this. So the, the photo is just Emily <laughs> holding up. This is, this is maybe that's Mr. This is Mr. Bacon. This is my shoe. Um, so uh, we're back in this scene with the agents and everybody is very impressed with Annabelle. Uh, they're like, and they go to this, put her in front of the camera they're like let's see how you look and emily's like do your hair flips do your hair flips okay that's fun and the agent's like you have great hair you got a big bright smile act like it's christmas day act like it's christmas day um and if this was my sister she would have been like because she didn't get the right cabbage patch doll one christmas and she threw a fit oh we were talking about that on the cruise last week with my folks is that we, I, I've told you guys this story before. We got to open like one Christmas, one present on Christmas Eve, and my grandma, Grandma Horton, got us each a gift. And and my sister asked for a Cabbage Patch doll. They were like really big in the eighties, and we grew up in Kansas. And my grandma got my sister a Kansas City Royal, like with the Royals uniform, Cabbage Patch doll. And this is Christmas Eve, and my sister lost her shit because that was not the type of Cabbage Patch doll she wanted. And you guys, I had never seen my dad so mad. I've actually seen my dad more mad. But as a kid, I'd never seen my dad. And I remember trying to bribe my sister. I was like, I'll give you a dollar if you fucking put a smile on your face. My God, you're going to ruin. Santa's not going to come tonight if you pull this shit right now. But I was like, my dad later told me, like, my dad, like, for Christmas, he got, like, a pair of socks. He was like, Emily, he got, like, a boot. You know, it's like, here, Bill, here's your boot. So anyways... They're like, act like it's Christmas. And then they're like, act like your mom said to clean up your room. And I was like, oh, act like your dad's trying to be a lawyer. <laughs> and then Jackie's like, this is very nice. We're going to be in touch with you. We're going to be in touch. So obviously I think she's nailed it. I think she's going to get, they're going to represent her. Of course, 
I think it would be funny if Annabelle turns out to be a more successful actor than Heather DeBro and Taylor Armstrong combined. I would love if at the end of the season, Annabelle's actually doing like big budget Steven Spielberg movies. Um, but Emily says she's trying to give her kids a better life and that she, you know, every parent kind of has the goal to do better than their parents did before. Um, and she said in her case, it isn't that hard. We cut to, that's right. You guys, we cut to boot barn. Yeehaw boot barn. You know, it's going to be good when there's a boot barn involved and Tamara walks into the old boot barn. She's all yippee ki She's got like a cowboy hat on. She's like, I'm looking for some Western clothes because we're going to a dude ranch in Montana. Because remember, Tamara is taking everybody to this dude ranch. It's a big cast trip. It's going to be very exciting. And this scene she is doing with the new cast member, Jen. Um, and it is fun to watch new housewives on these, these shows because they're getting comfortable with the camera and you can tell sometimes they're a little nervous still. So they're, you know, you can only imagine like any job you hope you're doing good. So I would imagine at this point, Jen's like, are they going to keep me? Am I, am I doing well in my scenes? Like nobody could probably prepare you to be on a reality show. Anyways, Jen lets us know that it is hot as hell outside. Each one of these ladies comes in looking very dewy. I must be very hot in an OC when they film that. And, uh, Jen is talking about her her dude, Ryan, and saying like, yeah, I told him we were going to a dude ranch. And uh, he was like, dude, what do you mean going to a dude ranch? We're dudes. And Tamara's like, Eddie said the same thing, which leads me to believe every man in Orange County has a horrible sense of humor. So they're talking about a dude ranch. These guys, their first joke is, what do you mean dude ranch? There's going to be a lot of dudes there. I thought I was your dude. Uh, anyways, Tamara's like, no, it's going to be fun. We're going to ride. We're going to cook on an open fire. And Tamara lets us know in a talking head that she loves to go camping. You guys, Tamara is a wilderness lady. She loves the dirt. She's, she loves the dirt. Uh, cool. You know, she's hoping that the girls will enjoy this because sometimes these girls, they don't like to get down and dirty. We also see a lot of photos during this montage of Tamara riding a big old, you know, a bicycle. And uh, we, by the way, now at this point, we cut to Heather DeBro. She walks in. It looks like a very similar outfit to what Elvis wore later in his life in Vegas with like the white jumpsuit with spangles. All she's missing is the big old white scarf, but she comes into the boot barn, the boot barn folks. And she's carrying a bottle of Vuv Clicquot. Like I would never pull that shit at a target. Like I don't walk into target with a bottle of like, you know, Stoli and go let's shop. Woo. Like, are you allowed to bring in bottles of alcohol at the boot barn? What is the boot barns? Paul? I, I wish it's like 11 o'clock at night. Otherwise I would call the boot barn. Maybe we should leave a message at the boot barn and go, what is your, what's your policy on me bringing full bottles of alcohol during the day while other customers are shopping? They literally pop the bottle of champagne at the boot barn. Like, I feel like I should contact like, I mean, whoever gives out liquor licenses in orange County and say they're, they're literally serving alcohol at the boot barn, you guys. Uh, but also the the amount 
Like I know it's part of Heather DeBro's like bit as a housewife is like the amount of champagne, but sometimes I feel like she's trying to get rid rid of like an she's like overstocked on champagne, so she's bringing it everywhere. Like I feel like she's like if like there's like trash men coming, she just gives out bottles of boob. Like on Halloween, like if people are coming, you know, looking for candy, she's just giving out bottles of boob to the kids, and she's like, only take one. <laughs> Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. Now I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Anyways, we at this point cut to there's dueling shopping scenes. We cut to Gina and Emily. They're at this vintage Western store and Shannon walks into this as well. And Shannon always walks in like Shannon always looks like she's 10 seconds away from either being really happy or literally about to lose her shit. She's always just like, wow, how, how funky, how funky is this? How funky? Like just, she's so tightly wound. We cut to one week earlier where Shannon says uh, that she was looking for chaps. She's like, I'm, I'm looking for chaps. I'm looking for chaps. And Shannon now in back in this scene, I don't know why they flash back to that. Shannon in this scene, she's trying on like overalls and stuff. And Shannon's like, I hope they have Oshkosh Bagosh. I was waiting for Shannon to ask for like, I hope they have Wrangler jeans. Do these look good on my womanly curves? Like I always think Shannon's about to cry. But anyways, um, Shannon at this point comes out in overalls and she has like one of the little buckles undone. Remember crisscross those two little kid rappers from the nineties and they always wore their overalls backwards. And I remember being in, it was a junior high and I remember wanting to get a pair of overalls just so I could wear them backwards. And then my mom finally got me a pair of overalls, but they, you know, they weren't like good overall. And I just looked stupid as hell. Like I, by the way, it doesn't matter that they were good. If even if they were good overalls, I would have looked stupid as hell. Uh, but also, it's just funny to look at Shannon in overalls for some reason. I there's just I have zero feeling when I lay. Just there's it's I don't know. It's great. 
Anyways, Gina is like, I'm the most excited to dress like a cowgirl. I don't consider myself a nature girl, and I hope no one else does either. Thank you, Gina. Thank you. We cut back to the other girls shopping at the boot barn, just getting lit on their boob clicquot. And Jen says, um, is it hard to be married to a plastic surgeon to Heather? And Heather's like, oh, he's blind. It's fun. And I'm like, what? Are you saying Terry's blind? Here's a blind plastic surgeon. Like really scared me. And I was like, it doesn't he do botched. Is he not able to see how botched some of these people are? Cause he's blind. Anyways, Tamara's like, I would be there. I would be in there all the time. If that was my husband, I'm sure. Like if I had a plastic sir, if I was dating somebody that was a plastic surgeon, I, it would be hard not to be like, what do you think I should have done? Like, in, wouldn't that be like the thing if you were like super rich, that you would say, hey, just like, I trust, if you're good, I trust you. Just do what will make me look good. Like, if you could really just like, do you ever think about that? Like, how much money it would take to make yourself look amazing? Like, I sometimes think about that. Like, no offense to God and what he created, you know, real bang up job, which I think, you know, God, more personality in my case. But I would, I sometimes do wonder if I had an unlimited budget, what I would have done. I mean, if I do ever talk to Terry Dubrow on this show, I think I would let I would do a full body shot and I'd be like, Terry, what are you what what are we looking at for me? What are we doing? What are we doing to me? And how much is that gonna cost me? That would be a great interview, actually. Um, so we're getting into this conversation with all of the ladies. We cut back to the other uh vintage clothing store, and Gina's like, these are actually really cute, these leather pants. And then Emily tells Shannon, hey, I saw you and Tamara hug at the Cut Fitness closing part, part, party the other night. And Shannon's like, well, you know, you, you, Shan Tamara just can't say I'm sorry and that's it. She just can't do that. In a talking head, Shannon, who looks very beautiful in her talking head, says, in the past, I would just, I would brush things under the rug, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to brush it. I'm not going to brush it anymore. Do you see what I'm saying? She's always, every line is tension filled. And Shannon in the scene says, Emily, you, you said, you know, how does it feel to have an affair at your gym? Uh, you know, because she's pointing out that at the Cut Fitness closing party, Emily, you know, said to Tamara, hey, you uh, you created this potential affair between Ryan and the new cast member, Jen. But for me, I kind of was thinking, like, isn't that probably what Cut Fitness's claim to fame was? Was it like it was potentially like a swingers cheaters gym? This is completely made up, so don't freak out, you guys. But it is, you know, like it seems like they're a loose bunch of people. They're always like doing sexy talk, playing grab ass. Tamara and Eddie are the same way. Like, what if everybody's just like cheating on each other at Cut Fitness? Maybe they got close. Maybe they closed it down because somebody got livid because somebody was cheating on somebody. Who knows? But it seems like cheating was potentially rampant at Cut Fitness. And Gina, once again, opens her mouth. It's like, it's hard for me to be around her. You know, I've, it, you know, trying to make infidelity. Why do I sound like Woody Allen? My God. It's like, I'm standing up for infidelity. I have anger towards infidelity. It's my trigger. And Shannon's like, mine too. Mine too, Gina. Mine too. In a talking head, Gina reminds us, he's like, I'm in the process of helping Matt, my ex-husband, get out of the felony. Remember, that was a whole storyline because Matt got physical with Gina and we saw that happen. And we get this clip of, I don't know why they show us this clip of her kind of talking uh, with Matt about helping him get out of this felony, which is just so dark. 
Um, Jonah talking to Gina is like, for her to casually talk about infidelity, it is a hard pill for me to swallow. Uh, by the way, in Gina's talking head, I don't know what she's doing. She's like, did this like weird orange makeup. It's very like divine. It looks very like futuristic. It's, it's, it's like Gina. Like I, I like Gina, right? I like, we've talked about this. I like Gina a lot, but I feel like Gina was told like, she's got to like step it up. So Gina took that note as to mean I'm going to really harp on a minute thing with Jen and try to make it about me kind of like Rinna used to do, or Kyle did a little bit. And then also the other change I'm going to make is just really extreme makeup choices. You know, like I might not, you know, that's her tagline. I might not have a reason for being here, but I'm going to do crazy makeup. Woo. <laughs> we cut to, we cut back to Jen at the boot barn and uh, Jen is, you know, sharing with the ladies more about her relationship with Ryan. And she was saying, listen, I was still in the relationship with my husband at the time, Will. We were still trying to work out things. And um, did I have a physical relationship with Ryan? No, but I was having an emotionally one, you know, I was having an emotional affair. Um, I, I definitely was having an emotional affair. So she's kind of saying that they would be in the same house, her and her ex-husband, but she'd be in a separate bedroom, just texting with Ryan. And Heather says, it's not like you cheated because you were open in an open relationship. And Jen's like, no, 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 no. I would love to say that, but no, it's not true. I had not been physical, but yeah, I was in that different room texting them all night long. And then Tamara's like, did he, did he show you his wiener? Did he show you his wiener? And uh, Jen's like, no, no. But, you know, he, he was really weird about that, actually. And Heather goes, do people really do that? Do people really send dick pics? I do like the amount. I was trying to think about this in terms of like Tamara, you know, she's so fun and vibrant, but, you know, she's always had the same sense of humor. A lot of her humor is like dick and poo poo and pee pee and vajayjay and all this stuff. And as you get older, like, I think she thinks she's potentially being cutting edge. And it just, uh, you know, it's like, ooh, we're talking about dick pics, you know, like, ooh, taboo. And I think, you know, us reality show viewers, you know, like, dick pics are so common. I don't mean in sending them. I mean, maybe I do mean that. But in terms of a topic of discussion, dick pics are talked about all the time. So there's nothing like, it's like, yeah, this isn't that crazy of a conversation where I think Tamara sometimes thinks she's like bringing up something taboo and it's just not really. And then Tamara's like, if I want to see Eddie's junk, I just roll over and take a look at it, which then leads me to believe Eddie just sleeps in the butt ass nude all the time. Just imagine that just Eddie he's all nude. He's got a huge muff down there that he has. <laughs> doesn't trim. It's just a big old Eddie muff. Big old Eddie muff. Um, and then, then Heather goes, can you imagine Terry sending me a dick pic? He just sends cat memes, which is just amazing. Cause Terry to bro, if you, could you imagine getting a dick pic from Terry to bro? Like I couldn't, I couldn't even possibly fathom with that. You know, like, Hey, you, you like this TD. That's when he sends dick pics, he just puts TD his initials, you know? Um, <laughs> But instead, 
it makes way more sense that Terry DeBro just sends cat memes. But I bet he sends it. He's like, take a look at this pussy. And then it's cat memes. <laughs> Jen says, for the first time in my life, I know me and Will, my ex-husband. I was just, we were never for each other. We were never right. But Ryan and I are so connected. We talk 2,000 times a day. We go places together. We go to concerts. Also, this is a two-year-old relationship. You know, it, it's easy to say those things about these, you know, like... We were just talking about Mauricio and Kyle, 27 years. Being with somebody that long, it takes on a different form. Now, let's see in 10 years if Jen and Ryan are the same time. But I like, we go to places, we go to concerts. And also, if you are in a long-term relationship and then switch to a new relationship, you go to a concert, you feel like you're having the time of your life because it's so new and different. They ask, uh, does does he talk about getting married? And, uh, you know, Jen's like, yeah, but it's a little weird because of Ryan's past. And Heather's like, did he kill someone? And then Tamara's like, he killed a couple marriages. <laughs> and then Heather's like, is he a cheater? And Jen's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I thought she would like shy away from it. Like this Jen, this is why I kind of potentially believe maybe they didn't physically hook up because just flat out admits on national television that this guy's a big cheater. Like, yeah, that was his thing. Loves football and cheating. Yeah, big cheater. And then Heather's like, has he been faithful to you? And Jen's like, well, yeah, I, I, I think so. And Tamara's like, but he had a reputation. He had a reputation, which I'm like, I, I imagine that happened at Cut Fitness. This guy was banging his way through Cut Fitness. And Heather then says, like, it was it like a Ross and Rachel? Because Tamara then says, well, it even happened with them, and they actually ended up going on a break. And Heather DeBro was like, ah, it was like Ross and Rachel from Friends. You were on a break. Tamara and talking here goes, the girl Ryan slept with on the break, you know, it's like he had slept with her before. And Heather says, well, people, when people tell you who they are, you need to listen. I do love that Heather DeBro seems to know everything about everything. You know, it's like, you know, you tell her like cheating. I'll tell you a story about cheating. I'll tell you a story about if people show you who they are, you've got to listen. Here's a bottle of champagne. So she's basically saying, listen, this guy's a cheater. He's probably always going to be a cheater. And I think I would imagine for this dude, that probably is a hard habit to break. We'll see. I don't know if this comes up later in the season. It seems like this is potentially going to be a storyline of some sort. Um, and Tamara's like, if you're a known cheater, you're not going to change. By the way, Tamara says that in a talking head, not to Jen's face. Uh, but Jen's like, hey, guys, we're having a blast. We are having the time of our lives. We're just in such a good place right now. And then Tamara goes, you know, just listen, just have sex. And if it works out, good. Yeah, like Tamara's always just 69, you guys, just 69. Just do butt stuff. It's great. We cut to more beat shots of Orange County. And now we're at Jen and Ryan's house. And this is something OC and a lot of reality shows do. We we get a shot of the foyer, but then we hear voiceovers. 
And Jen's like, that's the spot. Can you warm it up? And he's like, yeah, I can warm it up, baby. You want it from behind? So we're supposed to think that these guys are penetrating and having like butt sex, all sorts of crazy stuff. And then you guys, we get up to the room and he's just got one of those massagers. He's just massaging her. He's not putting his penis in her. That's what we were led to believe by these dirty, dirty producers uh, of this show. But no, he's actually just has a massage gun. But they're making it sound like sex. And, uh, uh, but the massage gun is in her anus. No, no, it isn't. And then she's like, do the other side, Ryan. And he's like, roll over. And she's like, Ryan, stop. The other side of my back. And then in a talking head, Jem very seriously goes, I love the way Ryan and I live our lives. I love the way he loves me. I like when girls say, I love the way he loves. I love the way he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, he loves me. Oh, the way he makes me feel the love. The producer in the talking head asked Jen, how is the sex? And she's like, it's amazing. Are you kidding me? Which that's another thing. If he, she was in a long-term relationship, it probably wasn't fireworks anymore. So this new guy, Ryan, comes in. The, the cheating stallion of cut fitness, he knows how to lay it down. You know, when it probably did happen, she probably was just like, holy shit you know probably doing weird positions that she'd never even heard of never even read about like she didn't never even heard the kama sutra just it probably just blew her mind and that's you know anyways they're talking about the old montana trip and ryan's like what's up in uh, montana and she's like well tamra's gonna take us and this is only the second girl's trip i've ever taken um tamra was talking about the stigma of you dating everyone ryan in the or in the oc and you know listen i don't feel like we have a lot of cracks but i worry about that you know people i i, I don't want to be the product of another failed relationship she tells ryan and ryan's like hey i don't either babe but we're only two years in this and it only keeps just getting better and better um and jen's like for me too ryan for me too for me too. And, and we're talking to Jen goes, my relationship with Ryan, it checks all the boxes. And for the world, the whole world to think that I left my marriage to just fucking back seats in every corner of the world, nothing could be farther from the truth, which I just think means like they just fucked in a bed. Oh, I, mean, I think I just swallowed a bug. I think they just, you know, they didn't, sneak around but you get that is that she doesn't want the world to think that this is just purely a sexual relationship she left her marriage for she wants she loves ryan for everything and the way she loves the way he makes her feel we cut to ryan um saying he's like hey now hey, now's now's my favorite time it's shower time he lets her know and he picks her up by the butt like and he kind of like you know and she like straddles him and he's like walking with her and I was just like, oh, God, please don't follow them into the shower. He's like, time to shower. And I'm like, oh, God. Because eventually they have to yell cut. And then, like, do they just keep showering? Do they have to let the cameraman out? Like, how does that work? Um, at this point, we cut to Heather's museum. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, her home. Which is huge. It's huge, sprawling place. And 
Miss Heather is talking with her team. She has like two assistants in there and guys, they're having the time. They're just, they're having such a tough time because they have to pack for the big, uh, the big Montana trip. And she's like, I don't, you know, we're going to be dirty. We're going to be sweaty. Do I need shit kickers? Do I need them? And they're like, what are you talking about girl? And Heather's like fly fishing. Don't you need rubber boots? And Heather gets to bring out her Chanel rubber boots it's like, God, stop being carrot top here with the prop comedy. Like, yes, show off your Chanel boots. And they're all like, Heather, you're so crazy, girl. Oh, my God. No, you can't wear that. Also, she's wearing a purple cowboy hat, just like Mauricio in that picture in Aspen. I just imagine poor Prince is just rolling in his grave. It's like purple does not deserve this kind of stuff. And also just because you're going to Montana doesn't mean you start wearing cowboy hats a week before you go, Heather. In a talking head, Heather lets us know she's salt of the earth. She's like, full disclosure, I don't wear jeans much anymore since the pandemic. Free the denim. Am I right? (laughs) Am I right, ladies? (laughs) Terry comes in and scrubs, which that's another weird thing for me. Like, Terry is such a professional surgeon. He's just always like, does he just run around and scrub? Like I always, Terry either comes in and scrubs or he's like, has that like intense, like jean and fitted leather jacket that he always wears. And I sometimes wear like, did Terry literally come from the doctor's office or does he just, the scrubs do look cozy, comfy, cozy. Is that is just like, just like house clothes. Like I wear basketball shorts. Terry just wears scrubs everywhere. And Heather's like, Terry, I want to show you something. And she takes Terry through the museum mansion. And they, uh, after seven minutes arrive at Nick's room, their son. And um, he's gone. That's right. He ran away. No, no, he went to college. Um, And they're like, Oh, we lost half of our, half of our home, half of our family because two of their kids, uh, Nikki and Max left for college. By the way, uh, Nikki's room, there's like a weird like pineapple stuffed animal. There's this really nice leather chair. There's a guitar he left behind. There's a bunch of like, there's like a crate of Rockstar energy drinks. I'm like, this Nikki was just getting loaded on Rockstar energy drinks all around this house. But Terry lays down on the bed. Heather's in the chair and just talking about their son that left and it's like, Oh, we lost half of our family. And then we have flashbacks of taking them to college. Nikki is uh, driving uh, a Mercedes with their mom while his uh, stuff is in a U-Haul van that obviously some poor man that is not part of their family is driving across the country to college. And then we see Max, the, the daughter in a private jet under a blanket being flown in a private jet to college. Like her parents are flying her on a private fucking jet to college and she's under a blanket. She's like, they're like, Oh Max. And she's like, just late. Like sit up Max sit. You're in a private jet being flown in a private jet to college. Sit your ass up. My, like I lived 30 minutes away from ASU. My parent, like they're my parents are like, see you later, you know, get in the Corsica and drive yourself. Anyway, I just, I was, it's such a different lifestyle. I mean, like I always said, the kids seem nice, but my God, a private, taking a private jet to college. And then we see, um, then we see Max's little uh, college room. Everything looks set up. Heather did probably all of this. And then Heather lets us know they are more than our kids. They are our two treasured friends. And I was like, no, they're your kids. 
I mean, yeah, your friend, but like, don't, don't like, let's still have them be kids for a little bit. And Heather's like, that's it. I'm going to miss the most is going into their rooms and talking to them and giving them bottles of food, click coat. No, talking to them. If I didn't see them for dinner, they would just come in and talk and lay on my floor. And that is the exact family I wanted. And Terry says, wow, this is the, uh, the beginning of the end of our lives. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, Terry to bro. What are you, what way to bring the whole thing to a screeching halt? Like this is the beginning of the end of our lives. Don't say that. It's probably true. Don't say it out loud though. My God. Like I, if I was Heather, I'd be like, are you out of your mind? And by the way, Terry is still in the scrubs laying on this kid's bed. I feel like, is there like, is there like face juice all over the scrubs from like putting Botox and fixing all the, the mangled faces that he deals with? Like, shouldn't we change out of the scrubs when you're laying on a bed? I'm not the most clean man myself, but even I would not, if I'm doing scrub stuff, I know to take off the scrubs. I think I'm just obsessed with these scrubs at this point. Um, Heather says, I put my life on hold for 20 years to raise my family. And you know, this is my life. You are my life, but my personal hopes and dreams and acting goals, you know, it's, it's like my time is looming and I'm like, is it too late? So Heather, of course, is talking about returning to her acting career here. Now this whole putting her life on hold, a lot of women do this, of course, but she did. I mean, like she did and she didn't. I mean, she did a major cable reality show. That was part of these 20 years. Like, that was 10 years ago, right? Like, so put in your life. She did episodes of what was she did that hot in Cleveland. She did Malibu Country. She's done things, but she is now saying, like, I could have potentially gone so much further. I could have gone so much further, potentially, but I chose, happily chose to raise my family. And, um, Terry is like, no, babe, it isn't. It isn't over. Your career is not over. And in Talking Head, uh, Heather's like, when you have to face your own life, it's a lot. When you have to face others, it's okay. But when you're own, it is a lot. Am I too old? Am I still talented? Can I still do it? So I love that they're really setting us up for Heather DeBros' return to the acting world. She is a thespian. She does Shakespeare. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bring you Vuve Clicquot. My name is Heathereth Debro. Dame Dubro. I am Heather Debro. I will act the pants off anyone, especially that wench Taylor Armstrong. Heather says, that's why I want to go to L.A., Terry. I don't want to live the same life. It's time to start the next phase, right? And then Terry's like, yeah. And the restaurants are so much better up there. Terry always has like a nice little button at the end of every uh, every scene that they're in. Do you notice that? Terry's a little, he's a good straight partner, you know? Uh, we cut to Tamara. Uh, Tamara, we, we got to a new scene and it's Tamara at a restaurant and she's like, woo, she's in a big pink dress. We have a champagne popped bottle. Tamara, uh, orders a bottle of, uh, a, a wine or a champagne called my, of uh, it's called my opinion. And she's like, where have I heard that before? And then we get a flashback to Tamara going, that's my opinion. The iconic Tamara line. Um, 
And then I was like, wow, they should do bottles, like a line of bottles of all the famous Tamara lines. Like that one when she ran in Cabo and she's like, you'll never see my face again. Anyways, Taylor Armstrong comes into the scene and Tamara's like, I can't even tell you how excited I am to go to Montana. I wish I could bring my dirt bike. And Taylor's like, my husband lived in Montana. He's a real cowboy. Tamara says, oh, okay. Are you with me on this whole sex after 50 thing? And I was like, wait, what? Like Taylor literally goes, my husband lived in Montana. He's a real cowboy. And then Tamara's next line says, hey, so you're with me on this whole sex after 50 thing, right? It's like the weirdest, I'm like, what a transition there. And then Tamara goes, how often do you guys have sex? I'm like, wow, we're really good. We went from Montana to doing the hippity dippity. And then Taylor's like, I, I, I would, um, I, I would say, uh, once, uh, once, uh, once, once a month, once a month, he, uh, he likes morning sex and I'm like, get off me. <laughs> and Tamara goes, yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I would rather go shopping. And he's like, let's do it. And I'm like, and he's always like, do you always have to wear sweats to bed? He wants me to dress like a hoochie mama. That is such a Tamara word. Like, remember Hoochie Mama? We said that all the time. Was that in the 90s? It was the early aughts when we said Hoochie Mama? But Tamara is still in the world of Hoochie Mama. And um, Tamara's like, I tell Eddie, this is how he's getting it if he wants to get it. This is how. And then Tamara orders a big ribeye. And Taylor says, you know, it's a little bit awkward with Heather, uh, with this movie I'm doing, uh, because... Uh, Listen, I the movie, by the way, is called Masterpiece. She's like, I offered Heather that role. I, I told Heather she came over to for my acting class and I printed out a script for her. And she was like, oh, that's so cute. And by the way, Taylor Armstrong does a good Heather DeBrow imitation. And she does like the little pat on the head. Oh, that's so good. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. And then Taylor goes, well, then I started joking about it because I felt insecure. And I said, you are going to come to Oklahoma and you're going to do this role. Tamara in the talking head says, Heather does have a way of talking to you that like, kind of makes you feel belittled. That, by the way, is Heather DeBro. Like Heather, that is part of her. Is like she does kind of will champion you and belittle you at the same time. I will say, though. As opposed to last season when the casting was a little off in terms of all the women because you had Noella, Jen Armstrong were the two newbies. And uh, and then you had, what was that girl that only lasted a couple of episodes uh, because she had sued T uh, T T uh, Terry? Remember that? What was her name? And she had dated Kid Rock back in the day. Man, Kid Rock, really? Wow, what a what a what a lineup. Because Kid Rock also dated Diana Jenkins from Beverly Hills. I am Diana Jenkins. You want to do a villain? Well, here I am. She did not. She was not there at all. Very long at all. Um, but I think the casting this season, I think it works. I think the dynamic of these ladies, I think Heather DeBro actually fits in not her belittling thing. I think it actually fits in better with this group of ladies than it did last season. It was so wild because you had Heather DeBro coming back and then you had Noella on the other side, just too batshit. It was just very, but this so far is kind of working. Am I wrong in that? I think it is working. Um, Taylor's like, she left the script on the table. She left the masterpiece script on the table when she left. And we get a flashback of Heather going, I'm leaving the script in case you need to read it with someone else. You have an extra copy. 
And a talking head, Taylor says, it's my first movie role and I'm nervous. And now she's acting like it's just poo-poo. She's acting like it's a poo-poo movie role. And I, you know, I, and then Taylor now talks to Tamara and says, listen, I thought she had some big acting career. And I told the director she did. And he said, look up her IMDB, her, the international movie database. And, uh, you know, we looked it up and it was like, so, so. And then he said, the production company wants a casting tape from Taylor after I pulled up her IMDb. When I pulled it up and Tamara, they pull it up at the table and Tamara's like, okay, well, she did a stark raving mad, which is an NBC sitcom, you guys, in 1999. Okay. A hot in Cleveland. Okay. And then Tamara goes, oh, Malibu country. I remember that one. And we flash back to that season where Gretchen had got a call too. We had Jesus jugs in that one getting offered. And Tamara's like, I got offered a part two. Um, so they're like kind of looking at her IMDb. And I like that Taylor and Taylor, by the way, is wearing these wacky Elton John reading glasses. Did you see how huge those glasses were on his face? I was like, are you about to go on like a, a motorcycle ride? It's, it's wild. Um, the food comes at this point. I don't know why I need to tell you that, but uh, anyways, Tamara's like, well, she hasn't reached out to you about the the movie. Well, I think you should just talk to her. I love how insecure Taylor is with this. And I also love, listen, everybody has to start somewhere. Every, and if you're trying to act, everybody starts somewhere. I did so many shitty parts. I did so many student films. I did so many, like, it's just, part of the whole bit now heather just a you know heather has worked heather isn't like they compare to judy dench heather is not that but heather has had an acting career before she met terry and the family and lived in a huge museum mansion she had a really really decent career by la standards she just did she worked most people in la that are trying to be actors 99.5 percent of them don't work, don't have careers. Only 0.5, and I'm talking even small roles you put in that 0.5. There are so minimal little acting roles. But Taylor, yeah, these movies aren't great. They're not. Like, and I, I Taylor might not even be aware of that, and Taylor might not even care. But then it seems like this, it seems like she cares very much. But you kind of gotta swallow your pride and just get because it gets you tape. It gets you tape, and then you can potentially get better auditions. I, I don't know, but these aren't super. I don't, I, I looked up the director for this movie, you guys, because uh, Taylor retweeted him and something. And the poor guy had like 200 followers. And I think he worked out of Cleveland. I don't, I'll have to do that at another point, but, but everybody starts somewhere, right? Everybody starts somewhere, but there is a difference. Heather doesn't need to be as condescending about it but there is definitely a difference between heather's career and taylor's career as there should be but there's just a we're not even in the same league and i do understand what heather is talking about in terms of this is not a professional production which this is what i usually work on it's probably a non-union gig as well and heather's in screen actors guild and there's just so many things like heather's like if i do a project i want it to heather's all about the accoutrement about the professional like you go through my agent or you go through this and taylor's like he called me and offered it to me. I can offer it to you. It's different. Like Taylor's excited to be in the prospect of a movie because I'm sure as a little kid, nobody thinks they're going to just be in a movie one day. So for Taylor, this is a big deal at this point in her life. So she's very obviously protective of this whole thing. Um, so uh, Taylor's like, well, I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to reach out to her, but you know, does she think if I'm cast, it's not going to be good, you know, or it's like, maybe it's too, you know, it's too Oklahoma. It's like too much of a honky tonk movie. Does she not have the time? And Tamara's like, yeah, I think it's all of that. Yeah, definitely. We now cut to Shannon Bedore. She's uh, putting on all her Western props. She got at the, uh, the store. She has like a lone ranger mask, which I mean, like that is like a new sexual fantasy unlock for me. Shannon Bedore and a lone ranger mask. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> Her daughter Stella and Stella and Adelaide are there. And Shannon's like, listen, got no boys upstairs while I'm gone. And they're like, we know the rules, mom. And she's like, I'm going to start putting cameras up because there's a new sheriff in town. And she obviously bought a sheriff's badge. So she has the Lone Ranger hat and the sheriff badge. Now we cut to Gina and Gina's doing a scene by herself, just putting away clothes and she's like this is the cutest hat ever who knew i had so much cute shit and then she trips over a chair and she's like i'm gonna kill myself i didn't know if gina was trying too hard she's like I, what do you guys want do you want me to trip do you think it would be visually exciting for the audience if i almost kill myself tripping over a chair then we cut to eddie and eddie's like hey Tamara, do you want your birthday gift now? And she's like, okay. And he brings in this big Louis Vuitton bag. Like, do you, Melissa Gorga does this as well. Do you see how she always has, like, the Louis Vuitton boxes and bags all over their house? And I guess, you know, women seem to be really proud of these big, expensive things. I'm proud of certain Bravo memorabilia I have. But I love that it's like, Eddie brings in this big Louis Vuitton bag. And they're, like, these really nice... I guess Louis Vuitton boots. And she's like, can I wear them to the dude ranch? And he's like, no. And she's like, did you get them at Costco? And he's like, yeah, I got them at Costco. Um, I like that potential recurring joke throughout the season is going to be that uh, Eddie doesn't have a job any longer. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of when Sheena Shea was with Mike Shea and Mike Shea tried to stop drinking. And then Sheena would like go to mutual parties and she'd be like, huh, my husband can't drink anymore. So I guess we're going to get, get loaded and he can't. It would kind of like rib him a little bit, which was so dark. We now cut all to all the girls arriving at the, uh, the airport for this big country trip. Tamara and Atagane goes, we're going to have a good time. And we're going to do all the things you do on a ranch, including shoveling shit. <laughs> Shannon gets out of her car. All the ladies get like Shannon gets out of her car. And she always just looks disgruntled and lost. She's just always like, I'm here. Shannon is here. I'm not fun Shannon yet, but I'm here. And Shannon's like, I'm not a, I'm not a big nature person. And Heather and Atagane goes, I was always a big fan of Little House on the Prairie. So I don't, you know, I did like that show. So maybe I will do good in the West. And then we get an update from Emily. She sends them a video message saying that, uh, listen, you guys, I, I, I need to let you all know that I tested positive for COVID, even though I don't believe in the vibe. <laughs> She goes, I don't feel sick, but I can't get on the plane and go to Montana with you. And I'm sorry to Gina that we cannot share a bed this trip. And Gina and I talking that goes, I'm really mad at her selfishly. You know, I never traveled without Emily. Who am I going to cuddle? Which is bullshit. Gina did that trip uh, in, in uh, Heather DeBro's private plane to New York last season. Anyways, Emily goes, I'll see you ladies when 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 you get back. How real do you think the COVID was? I mean, I'm sure Emily wanted to go, right? But Emily did not go. And then this was like, is this going to be like a four-part Montana trip? Like, they always, like, these trips on every one of the housewives, they just, like, extend the episodes 
episode after episode in one location. Uh, we cut to Jen saying, like, listen, I grew up in Oklahoma, but I, I don't I'm not really a cowboy. Uh, but I will tell you, going on vacation with these ladies is like preparing for uh, a wreck on an airplane. And they do this little airplane bit of like, if there is turbulence, go to the side. It's dumb. Um, also, I think they're not, on, they're not on a private jet. I think they're on like a Southwest flight. It was like all the ladies. And then you saw all of these like regular passengers. And I was like, holy shit. Imagine like being on a flight with the real housewives of Orange County. Like this is exactly like Yellow Jackets, that Showtime show. Like this is, I would not feel good being, I would not feel good if all of a sudden Shannon Bedore was on my flight in a Lone Ranger mass. <laughs> um, so they land in Missoula, Montana, which by the way, I've been to Missoula, beautiful area. Um, and Shannon, the, the driver picks, picks them up and Shannon's like, my luggage is mucho heavy. This bro, like Shannon always tries to throw in some kind of like Spanglish for some reason. It's super weird and awkward. She's like, mucho, uh, I don't have any dinero to mucho pay you. Gracias, thank you. Um, so anyways, they're they're going to this, this whole compound and everybody's, they pop champagne immediately in the car. So I'm guessing Heather must have had some in her carry-on bag as, as everyone does. And listen, I really, I said this last week because they had uh, Tamara's son, Ryan, who, you know, looks like he stepped right out of Yellowstone. All of a sudden he's now taking on a a cowboy exterior. But this whole episode is like, wow, it's like Yellowstone. It looks like Yellowstone. It just, it's just very funny. I'm like, I know the popularity of Yellowstone. Was this playing into this at all? They, uh, the driver says, you know, we got elk, we got moose, we got bears, we got a pond with koi fish. You know, I'm going to take you first to the bunkhouse. Certain ladies are going to shack up there and then other ladies are going to be up in the villa. And uh, Heather's like, I feel like I'm not a villa. Uh, no, Heather goes, I feel like I'm a villa person. And we go to the bunkhouse and Taylor's like, it's so charming. Oh, bunk beds. How cute. And by the way, can you imagine Heather DeBrow in a bunk bed? Unless it's made out of gold. No way. Um, maybe Taylor can get into character for her movie in this, this area. Um, we see uh, there's a big chandelier that's like just loaded with guns. It's like a gun chandelier. And Taylor pulls one, one of the guns out of the sh- chandelier. And they're doing some fun gun humor, as you do. And uh, Taylor goes, that's the last thing I need, a New Yorker with a gun. Because now Gina has one in her hands. You're like, I tripped over a chair in the last scene. What if I accidentally shoot somebody with a chandelier gun? Do you think that would be good, producers? Do you, would you keep me for another season? And then Shannon in the, the smaller bunkhouse area sees the kitchen. And she's like, this is too small to cook. This is too small to cook. Which I was like, I don't think anybody's asking Shannon to cook on vacation. Maybe that's going to be a scene coming up. But Shannon, who cares if the kitchen is too small to kick? Gina's like, ah, oh, I'm choosing to stay in the bunkhouse with Jen so I can get over my negative feelings about her and her big cheating lifestyle. And also, this sounds ridiculous. It sounds like the producer said you have to stay with Jen. <laughs> They're like, Gina, you can be on the cast, but you got to stay in the bunkhouse. Fine, I'll do it. You also got to stay with Jen, who you said you don't like because of the infidelity. It's okay. Yeah, we'll shack up in the bunkhouse. Yeah. Shannon is still wandering around this kitchen going, it's too small. It's too small. Now, the other ladies head to the villa. 
and they're all teasing Shannon and Shannon like, this is like high school. I just can't take it. And uh, verbiage on the screen pops up Montana day one. Uh, Jen calls Ryan from the bunkhouse and Ryan answers son's blouse without a shirt. And Jen's like, where's your shirt? And uh, she's like, well, I'm just working out. And then Jen's like, I hear there's a mechanical bull here. And then Ryan goes, get your practice on, which you know what that means. He's talking about fucking you guys. He's talking about mechanical. He's like, get your so ridiculous. We cut to the villa, and the villa is much nicer than the bunkhouse. The amount of cowboy hats that all these women are wearing and have brought, it's overwhelming. I would even think if you're on the TV show Yellowstone, they'd be like, let's chill with the hats. We we understand where we're at. It's you can even throw you can wear a baseball cap. If you need a hat, you don't. The amount of cowboy hats, it's it's yeehaw central. Um, by the way, Shannon looks at this kitchen and she's like, very nice. They have a griddle. Okay, they have a griddle. Okay, okay. In a talking head, Shannon lets us know there is sad Shannon, there is fun Shannon, and vacation Shannon. And uh, Tamara goes, I'm doing whatever I can to make Shannon happy this trip. You know, I want to make Montana good for her. It's going to bring us back together and make us remember how good of friends we are. And this Tamara thing is funny. So she came in with a definite plan to kind of Throw some shit, throw some shit at Shannon's way, make up, and now they can be friends again. Like, I think just Tamara knew she was going to come in hot with Shannon as her big entrance, and now they're going to settle back into the friendship. Now, Shannon is like, listen, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm tentative at best, but Shannon is so not pure hearted, but she's so weirdly not innocent. I don't know what the word is, but she's kind of like, uh, I'm going to hold off and then just immediately jump right in. I just think Shannon's that person that's always like wants to act tough, but then just desperately wants to be loved at the end of the day. And Taylor, uh, Taylor sees, sees this, uh, this villa and she tells the ladies, listen, I'm worried about the room that I'm in with the, with all the glass. Cause mama has some hormone issues and I feel like I'm going to suffocate. So she's going to go back to the other, the bunkhouse and shack up with Gina and Jen. And, uh, so Taylor's like, okay, I'm going to go down there. And then Taylor bangs on the door. It's like, I'm sharing with you guys now. And then back at the, uh, the nice place in the villa, Tamara's like, okay, everybody let's be ready in 20 minutes. Um, and then 20 minutes is up. And Shannon's like, I, I can't even, I, I, I haven't even, I can't put, I haven't even put my makeup on. I can't, I'm doing the best I can ladies. I'm doing the best I can. And Tamara and Heather are like, Oh my God, so dramatic. We're just going to leave without you. And they uh, get in a buggy, which they do a flashback. Of course, that time with Tamara and Vicky in the buggy where they roll the buggy in the sand, which was pretty flipping intense. Like, there has been some insane Bravo moments where they have, they have risked life and limb again and again. They just, they really have, it's wild. And uh, Tamara's like, just get into bro. Cause the bro's like, I'm not riding with you. It would be funny if Tamara flipped it again, just for the ratings. Like, ah, screw Scandaball. I'm going to crush the bro. Let's flip this baby. Uh, and you know, Heather is like, who gave you a license? Jesus. I'm shocked. She didn't bring a bottle of champagne in the buggy. Uh, also, I just want to point out, I've done this multiple times, but if you look in the background of every one of these scenes, you'll see, uh, you have to really look into the tree area. You'll have to pause it, but you will see a pair of eyes. And then what I did, I, I zoomed in on the image. It's Teddy Mellencamp in full camouflage. She blends in with the trees 
it is very frightening at first. It's kind of like Rambo first blood when he's trying to kill. He just, he blends in with those trees. Teddy Mellencamp doing the same thing. Just like watch her. She's there every scene. We now get to the mechanical bull where they're all in the middle of the forest. I'm like, at this point, just let him ride a real bull. And Gina's like, this is a piss by the tree place. And everybody's like, oh, gross, Gina. Um, so Tamara's like, this brings back memories. <laughs> we flash back to when Heather Debro many seasons ago had the controls and flipped Tamara off a mechanical bull. Very exciting stuff. Tamara gets up immediately and she's like, ain't my first rodeo, baby. And Taylor goes, get closer to the stick. You know how to do that, baby. So this whole scene is pretty much just set up so they can make more sex jokes. And Tamara's like, I think I tore my vagina on that one. And I'm like, no, Tamara, that slit area was always there. Um, and then Heather DeBro gets up like, get on, Heather. Don't worry. I won't turn it up. Then Jen gets on the yoga instructor. And uh, Jen's like, oh, my God, I got I got shit hanging out everywhere because she's in a skirt. Um, there's just so many sexual innuendos. It's just like sucking fucking dick, all that stuff. Uh, we're having a great time here. Shannon walks in finally because she's late because she's putting on her makeup. She's in an old denim dress. Um, and Gina, by the way, is now in the mechanical bull and she just twirls on it. Like there's no real writing. It just seems like it's all going. She's like, whoa, I'm on a mechanical bull. Woo. And then they ask Shannon, Tamara's like, Shannon, are you going to do this? And Shannon goes, no, no, it's too, it's, it's too vagina. It's too vagina. And Tamara goes, you got a meaty vagina. You know, you get, you need to get that fixed. They have a surgery for that. Um, and then Tamara yells, I taint do that. Like your taint. It's just turned into an Andrew Dice Clay routine at this point. In a talking ad, Shannon, so brave this moment. Shannon reveals, she goes, I've got a bony vagina. There's not a lot of meat there. It's just, I'm feeling it's on the bone. Folks, there's only a few moments every year in Bravo history that stays with you. And I think this is going to be one of them for me is thinking about Shannon's bony meatless vagina that it just, just, just like a lot of bone, <laughs> a lot of bone. <laughs> By the way, Tamara gets back on the bull and ride and they're like, ride it like you ride Eddie, which, you know, so Tamara falls off and we cut to um, they're now eating there. There's a bunch of meat, there's sausage, there's beans. And Jean is like, this is a dense wiener. This wiener is dense. And Taylor says, oh, are you, are you sharing a wiener? And Gina goes from what I'm hearing about Jen and Ryan, this isn't the first time she shared a wiener. <laughs> she says that in a talking head though. But also Gina, it's like, calm down, dude. Like, Gina, like my God, that's all Gina is used for this season is to talk about somebody else's relate. Like, it's, it's so weird. She's not good at it. Tamara goes, Taylor, since the girls don't know you very well, tell us something we don't know. And uh, she lets us know that Ariana Maddox uh, can only get off with anal sex. No, that was another shocking moment for Vanderpump Rules. But um, Taylor does say something that I didn't know. She goes, um... I'm bisexual. And they're like, are you? Are, are Oh, sorry. My Apple watch went off again. I love that. It was like, I'm bisexual question mark. And my Apple watch was like, I don't know if you are. Um, so she's like, I'm bisexual. And I was 
everybody's like, oh, cool, cool. Are you? Are you? And uh, then Taylor's like, are you now nervous about being in the bunkhouse with me, ladies? Which I was like, oh, my God. Wouldn't that like, wow, if Taylor like does like hit. Uh, I never knew this. Did you guys know this? I didn't know this. And Tamara says, I knew this, but. You know, I knew the others didn't. And you had a full relationship with a woman. Was that prior to Russell? And Taylor goes, yeah, it was prior. And uh, they're like, how long were you together? And Taylor, I should not, says five years. And I was like, zoiks? What? Before Russell? So, like, how old was Taylor when she was with Russell? Before Russell, she was in a five-year relationship with a woman? I need now a prequel of Taylor Armstrong's. I need like Muppet Babies with Taylor Armstrong. Like what? Five years? Does anybody have a picture of this girl? Like I, like wow. What? How did this never come up? How did this never? How? What did Lee? How did How did Brandy Glanville never get this out? How did How did Lisa Vanderpump? What? Five years? And Taylor goes, well, I know marriages that don't last that long. Taylor and I are talking to her, goes, most people are surprised because of stereotypes. It's not something I broadcast, but I'm open to all people who are great. And uh, I'm open to love. I love that. I love that. I love love. I love love. Uh, Jen opens up about her deep, dark secret. And that was that she was a flight attendant and she met her husband, Will as a flight, her ex-husband, Will as a flight attendant on the flight. He was in an economy. He was, he was studying to be a lawyer in a long distance relationship. Then she came to California with him. And Gina is like, I'm super interested in this, you know? And Gina goes, I need more of this part of Jen. I love that we can build a relationship off of this. Like, Gina, why? Nobody cares if you like Jen or not. Nobody needs you to have a relationship with Jen. Jen doesn't even need you to have a relationship. You know, in Housewives, things like this, usually the new person is insecure that somebody like a cast member that's been there for a while doesn't like them. Jen does not. I don't even think Jen knows Gina's full name. Like, she's like, I can build off this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then Tamara lets us know in a never before seen part of this that she did a Ouija board once with Ryan's father before they had Ryan. And the Ouija board said that somebody was going to have a baby and they asked who. And the Ouija board said Tamara. And she was pregnant. And they had no clue until the Ouija board. And by the way, that's why if anybody ever is curious if they're pregnant, don't do a pregnancy test. Pull out a Ouija board. That is usually going to be really just that's going to totally nail it every time more so than one of those stupid pregnancy tests um and then shannon's deep dark secret she's like i had a uti from hell last week <laughs> it was a huge surprise so now this is we're starting to get fun shannon right here because um and, and then i was just like oh my god a uti on that bony vagina it's like pain on top of pain and uh tamra goes i asked everybody for something deep inside but not that deep <laughs> Shannon goes, I got to make a call. The person that was supposed to watch the kids didn't show up. And, um, you know, I got, I got, I got to make a call. And they're like, well, why don't you just call John Jansen on John Jansen, your boyfriend, John Jansen. And she's like, I can't, I can't, it's just weird. I can't call John. And so Shannon just wanders off in the woods to make this supposed call. And Tamara says, well, they've been together a long time. I'm surprised that she can't reach out to him to go watch the girls. And Heather goes, well, maybe that Shannon isn't all in on this relationship. And Shannon and I talk and goes, I was just making up something to leave the table because I've got to bring the fun. 
And I was like, oh, no, is Shannon going to dress as a bear and just sneak out of the woods and scare? But Shannon's such a goof that she'd probably dress like a bear and she would have the dumb luck that an actual bear would be in the woods as well. And then that bear would like attack the 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 Shannon bear and then like hook up with the Shannon bear. Like it would be she's like, could you imagine Shannon dressed as a bear? Oh, oh Shannon bear. Uh, anyways, they talk about uh, Tamara and Shannon's relationship while Shannon's uh, not there. And Tamara says, you know, it's, you know, no resolution. There's going to be no resolution to what happened in the past. We have to move on. And it's like, no shit, Tamara. You should have known that three episodes ago. And Gina goes, um, Shannon, where are you? Are you okay? And then we hear a wolf howl. And all of a sudden we go to the saloon area. It's like a whole saloon area, which is nice. And Shannon left. To not dress up like a bear, she left to dress up like a whore, like an old time whore. Just an old time rootin' tootin', like, you know, the stockings and like, howdy, partner, you know. And remember that Real Housewives of Dallas episode, the last season of Dallas before they canceled it, where somebody did, they did dress up like bears when they did their little woods episodes? Oh, that was also that one episode where that one lady poured like a bucket of hot sauce on the bed, which was like so wild. What was her name? Oh, I forgot her name. Anyways, they now walk to the saloon without Shannon, but Shannon meets them in this sexy partner. She's like, I got <laughs> Shannon's Texas accent. is like, I got some shots for some thirsty strangers. Welcome to the saloon, ladies. She doesn't sound sexy. She sounds toothless. Um, and then we see 10 minutes earlier, that uh, Shannon's preparing tequila shots for everybody. And she's like, ladies, welcome to the saloon. And then they pop more champagne. And then Shannon's like, my saloon's going to take care of you. We see in the saloon, there's tons of taxidermy, which Gina is like fascinated with. Gina's like, look, it's a beaver. The beaver freaks me out. More shots are taken. And Tamara says, um, uh, Tamara does another shot with Shannon and Shannon's like, judge, what are you getting me into? And, you know, Tamara goes, cheers to a new beginning. And Shannon goes, let's, let's start slow and let's just learn to trust each other. And then Tamara goes, I love you. That's not starting slow. And uh, Heather's like, are you guys doing another shot? And then Shannon's like, yes, it is Miss Lily. Shannon and a talking head goes, it feels like the last 2.5 years just didn't exist. I'm hopeful about my relationship with Tamara, but I'm cautious. Now we cut to Heather asking Taylor, how is the movie going? And Taylor's like, I, I mean, I really, I really wanted you to do it. I really wanted. And Heather's like, you know, we talked about it, but I didn't think you were serious. And then Taylor's like, well, I didn't know if you, you did want to do it because I was in it because I'm a rookie actress and I, and, and maybe you didn't want to attach your name to my name. And maybe it was like that. And Heather's like, are you kidding me? I think that is a you issue, not a me issue. Cause I don't feel that way. Usually if you are casting a movie, they would call, they would send a script. Here is the part. Can you do these dates? No one from production called. So it's not a thing. And then Heather's like, I'm sorry. Taylor then is like, well, I, you have a lot more experience than I do. So I guess you would know. And then Heather makes a face like, what kind of, what, what, it, what kind of, Thing to, what did you say? I should know. And uh, Taylor's like, well, they lost an actor and they needed another actor. So, and Taylor goes, sorry, Heather goes, they didn't hire an actor. 
you know, when is it? Uh, they've got to say, when it is, am I available? It's not your movie, Taylor. You're not the producer. You have built this up in your mind, and this has nothing to do with me. And now we cut to break. We come back. There's a shot of a full moon. Whenever you see a shot of a full moon in a housewives, you know, like, oh, things are about to go down. And this is a never before seen uh, little scene. Um, Shannon and all the other girls, they're they're talking. Um, they're like, uh, Sh- Shannon and Tamara are talking. They're like, what are they, are they talking about the movie thing? And Gina's like, I'm still surrounded by taxidermy. Ah! And Gina says, well, I could hunt something. I could eat something I hunted. I could. It gives you more appreciation for your food. It, you know, I've been watching a lot of hunting shows like this show, Man Eater. Now, in this, I do realize why they cut that scene. That was dumb. And she's like, it's a good show. It is. I love the thought of Gina potentially hunting her own food for the survival of her family. Uh, (laughs) So we cut back to Taylor and Heather. And Taylor's like, would you do the part if they offered it to you? And Heather goes, I would would read it and I would consider it. Yes, of course. If you're so hurt, Taylor, why do you want me to be in the movie? Heather says in a talking head. And then... um, Heather tells Taylor, are we good now? And Taylor goes, we're good, but kind of has a little bit of attitude thrown on that. And then they do that fake double kiss thing. We cut to um, Taylor now talking to Shannon and uh, Tamara goes, hey, well, Taylor, didn't you say that she had to try out for the role now? She had to put in a casting tape. And Taylor's like, well, they just said they wanted to see a casting tape. And Tamara's like, well, did you tell, did you tell Heather that? And Taylor's like, no. And Heather hears this and she's like, the director wasn't impressed by my IMDb and Taylor goes, no, you know, he just wanted to see a casting t- tape and a talking head. Heather goes, so let me get this straight. I was offered a role. I turned down the role. I'm better than the role, but now I'm not good enough for the role. And still no one has reached out to me. And then she goes, so your IMDb Taylor was good enough but I need a casting tape. You've never worked before. <laughs> Shannon and I talk now goes, I see both sides. I don't think Heather's reaction should have been that condescending, but you know, we are very familiar with that's the way Heather is. Um, and Heather says she got the offer, but I have to audition because I'm not good enough. And then Tamara goes, well, yeah, she, you know, Taylor made me pull up uh, your IMDb when we were at dinner. Tamara, this is where Tamara really is useful. She throws in that final punch to like just throw somebody under the bus. And then Heather loses her. She's like, wow. Okay. Okay. Okay, Taylor. And Taylor goes, well, I mean, you, you have done a lot of stuff. You know, and then Heather goes, well, what's funny is when we were at the airport uh, to go to Montana, I ran into Diane Ruggiero and she was uh, she was one of the producers on the sitcom. I worked at with actor Paul Sorvino, Mira Sorvino's dad. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then then Taylor goes, yeah, that was uh, 22 episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a good run. And then Heather's like. Why are you saying it like that? And Taylor goes, well, it's, it is, it's a long run. 22 episodes. 
not that long of, you know, it's probably got like half of a season, right? Or like it probably was one season of a sitcom, which is still good, but it's not, you know. So Taylor is kind of being condescending back. And Gina and I talking, talking head goes, this is absurd. She acts like she's so offended. She hasn't been in a movie yet. And then Heather acts like she's got her Oscars taken away from her like she's Judy fucking Dench. That's Gina's best line of the entire hour. Um, and then Heather goes, but that sounds very punitive, Taylor. Like just, uh, I mean, it's just very punitive how you just talk to me. And then Taylor's like, no, I just thought with your pedigree and everything, everything that you've done that the, the producers would be super excited. And Heather's like, that's very rude. How you said that with my pedigree and in a talking head, Heather's like, with my pedigree, am I a dog? And Taylor goes, with all the acting history you have, I think we're, we're just super excited to have you on board. And Tamara goes, okay, Taylor, I do have to call you out on one thing. When you looked up her IMDb, you didn't think it was that impressive. And you can just see the smoke just filtering out of Heather's head, like, oh, my God. And uh, Taylor goes, well, yeah, well, when they came back and asked for a casting tape, I said, well, let me see what's doing here. And I, I looked up the IMDb and, uh, you know, because I looked stupid. I looked stupid at that point for recommending you. And then Heather goes, that is so incredibly rude. I'm someone, by the way, incredibly rude. It r- reminds me of, remember in Full House, and they're like, how wooed. That is so incredibly rude. I am someone who put their entire life on hold, as many women do for my family, and for you to denigrate my career. You know, it is just not nice. I am at a crossroads, and I find it to be so incredibly rude. And at this point, in slow motion, it's not slow motion, but in my head it was, Heather's finger goes up, and you know it's over when Heather DeBro's finger goes up. It's like, dong, 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 dong. Incredibly rude, and that finger just goes up. When you were offered a part, and you... You, you were you were talking about my IMDb with camera, and you've never been in a movie in anything ever. I was so excited for you. That's the person I am, and I am making um, and you are making a mountain out of a molehill, and it is not your part to offer in the first place. And now you shit talk my career. Fuck you. And then it says to be continued. Wow. That is the end of this episode. That is the end of uh, this episode of So Bad It's Good. Uh, what, uh, Kyle and Mauricio, OC, what a jam-packed episode, you guys. Happy 4th of July. Listen to this at your convenience. Uh, we got new episodes all week. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Betches.